Are you tired of hearing mental health from a superficial view and want to hear about realistic views? Well, you come to the right place, a space where healing is central, but also normalized. Your hosts, Donika and Myra, who are in the mental health field, will explore topics to help promote healing in your everyday life. Through our podcast, you will get the real and the work to focus on your healing. Welcome to Black Women Healing Podcast. Hey y'all, so this week we're back with a new episode and I wanted to do something different. We tried a few different intros and I was not feeling the last one. So I decided that I think we should do a discussion. So I came up with a discussion question. It's something I use with my Fem Scholar girls, but I was like, let me bring it on over to the podcast. So Donika, I know some people live in the past, some people live in the present, and some people live in the future. Where do you find yourself typically living and how has that been a benefit for you? Because I think that none of the three are bad so I want to hear what you think about it oh this is my favorite question I ask my clients this all the time really yes um I I feel like I am a future-oriented type of person I'm always thinking about um what's next very goal-oriented and usually goals have to do with the future yeah um it's been beneficial for me in a sense that I reach all of my goals, but I think it hasn't been beneficial to me because a lot of times I'm not living in the present moment. Mm. So I'm always planning, 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 and not living, living, living. Um, and most definitely this pandemic <laughs> showed me that forget those little goals, forget that little future. You, this is all you have, hun, the present moment. So get your life, get it together and live in it so I feel like more today I've been well I kind of I'm forced to be in the present moment but overall like my natural psyche is just like future oriented what about you oh go ahead ahead, Christina I want to hear you (laughs) I um and then I thought I thought she was talking to me for a second but no um I'm a I'm a a mix of both, I would say, um, of two of those, which is that future-oriented self, um, very goal-oriented as well. Um, and I feel like there has to be some planning for the future, and there has to be thoughts of that in order to in order to follow through. Um, yet my teachings and my practice is being present in the moment and breathing into that, and um, it's mm. helped me so much to control and be aware of my response and reactions to certain things, i.e. COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, so breathing through it and understanding that that goal-oriented self is still there. She's very much present. Um, that part of myself is very much present, mm-hmm. yet it's allowing, there's, there's some patience there. There's some, you know, some humble energy, which is, okay, um, we're going to allow life to happen as well. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think for me, it kind of depends. Like, I usually live in the future and the past, kind of a mix of both. And I always want to try and live in the present, but it's just so hard because I feel like I want to be reflective. So that's where the past part comes in. But I'm always thinking about like what I can do next. And so I feel like with COVID happening, I've been forced to try and live in the middle of the present, but it's still kind of been hard. So I feel like I'm still trying to find that balance. But Again, I think that it's healthy to live in either of the three as long as it makes sense for you. So, what'd you say, Donika? I said, absolutely. That was a good discussion question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. 
LA. <laughs> Where I was like, yep. <laughs> so I'm gonna go ahead and jump into Christina's bio. So Christina Wary is passionate about sharing holistic wellness practice and offers a variety of services to support and nurture others on their path to whole body mind wellness, offering body positive and trauma-informed yoga, mindfulness meditation, comedic reiki, womb wellness, and as well as coaching and support needed to thrive during pregnancy, birth, and postpartum. Christina was raised in South Los Angeles in Inglewood, gotta say that. <laughs> I always rep Inglewood, so I had to stop looking. So anyway, her journey and transformation was guided and supported by a variety of tools and self-care practices, including meditation, yoga, self-study, personal coaching, and sacred community. Her desire and purpose are to teach, empower, uplift, and uplift others by sharing her story as well as her wellness tools, practice, services, and products. Her mindful botanical body shop is a line of plant-based bath and body products she shared, she created with love, care, and intention in her home with her daughter. Her entire line of products are not only healing, but they smell and feel absolutely delicious. So you create this with your daughter? Yes. How was yes. that experience? So um, I, I like to say everything is connected. Um, initially, yoga, eating well, and then it was just like, wait, I'm still putting this stuff on my body and lotion, you know, Carmex. I grew up on Carmex. So mm -hmm. that was what we grabbed. And then um, I realized I couldn't read all of the ingredients on these bottles. Mm -hmm. And being that I made my daughter's, um, her baby food, I wasn't going, to, and I was using coconut oil. I was using coconut oil on everything. And so I'm like, there has to be other, <laughs> other oils. And so we incorporated some shea butter and um, it just went deep into me researching all of these holistic ways and literally going into a, um, like a health food store and looking at what was different and then going home and researching it and seeing how I can incorporate it into products. And so she's, she's over here um so she's she's excited that she's being mentioned as well Aww. but um Aries energy she was born one month after me and um I just want to show her things that I wasn't aware of at her age so that she can care for herself that she can care for her children if she decides to do that but she get it'll all also pass to her friends yeah. you know my mom does this or she does that and um we do this together. So um, I wanted to show her that she can, of course, not have to put herself in a system in a sense of having a job. She can mm -hmm. provide the service. Yeah. Um, so there's a whole, look, a whole bunch of goodness that surrounds Mindful Botanica, um, but it's about creating sustainability as well. I like how you plant those seeds because I was listening to, uh, I think it was like Nipsey Hussle's sister or something. And she was talking about how when her mom would go to the grocery store, she would read every single label. So the grocery store was like a five hour thing. And she was talking about how now as an adult, there's no way she buys stuff without reading the label. And I was like, oh, that makes so much sense because it's ingrained in you. And now she's like, I've always been conscious of what I eat. And it's sometimes annoying to other people, but that's just the way I was raised. I just think about how your daughter will go on as an adult and how she'll be so conscious of these things that she's putting into on her body, how she's moving her body and how that will ultimately reflect on the other people that are around her. So that's dope. Oh, yes. 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 Thank you. Thank you. She, she even identifies herbs. We're out and she's nice. like, rosemary. And I'm like super proud mom moment. 
My heart is so warm. I'm not even her mom. <laughs> Community aunties, we all, it's, as I say, we're all connected. Yes. And um, the way that you're showing up in this way, you know, to provide opportunity for me, to provide opportunity for her as well, um, it's all connected. So I'm very thankful. Yeah. That's how our ecosystems flourish when we connect with each other. Hmm. So tell us a little bit about you and your journey and the creation of Thick Girl Yoga, because that's what we want to talk about today. Yes, Thick Girl Yoga. So I my, my first yoga class was at a community college. Um, I had to get a PE credit, right? There's these general education classes that you have to take. And so I was like, I'm not taking PE. I'm not taking PE. I didn't want to run. I didn't want to <laughs> sweat. <laughs> I literally just was like, okay, let's try yoga. Um, I had already had an idea of what meditation was, but I didn't like go deep into it. And so this yoga class I took at uh, West LA Community College in Culver City, um, it left me feeling like free. Mm-hmm. And if you're familiar with Culver City and where West LA sits, there's no way to beat the traffic on a Friday. Right. Um, there's there's no back streets or anything like that and so I was leaving there with a sense of just clarity and and feeling light and um, for our final we had to create our own sequence and so I created a sequence and what we did was we taught it to a small group in the class she broke us up in small groups and um, there was one person there who he he was actually coming just to participate and not not really wanting to to receive too much than just yoga, and he healed himself from a motorcycle accident. He had three um, discs in his back that were out of place, and he used yoga to heal himself. And um, that was the first time I had ever heard anything like that. And so creating that sequence, teaching people, I was just like, I'm naturally inquisitive. The person who goes in the grocery store to look at stuff too so <laughs> i'm just like okay there has to be more to to this and um i looked for a a yoga training and i didn't see too many that were in my area at the time i was living in inglewood um i didn't see too many with people who look like me and then i found a place called the tree um it was called green tree previously but it's in south la and it's a nonprofit um yoga studio and so i signed up for a scholarship and i received my certification and um, the yoga training is unlike any other beast in the sense of knowing yourself and sitting on the mat like laying on the mat and laying with your stuff mm. <laughs> and um i say your stuff because um there are certain things that are passed down to us that are um embedded within us <clears throat> excuse me and then there are certain things that we pick up during this journey so um for me it really wasn't about being physical it was about um spirituality it was about me getting to know myself and reconnecting with my body and that's one of the things that i took from my yoga my yoga training and i had already had my daughter then and so she had been practicing with me and i would do this thing where i would sit and meditate and she would play she you know initially she would sit down with me i close my eyes and she get up and i knew she got up because i was recording it she's mm-hmm. dancing around me playing with my hair and all of that stuff but i still stayed true to my practice and um from from that day on she's been 
a part of, of course, the yoga community and practicing with me and meditation and moving and going to um, festivals and stuff like that. But more recently, she's led me in meditation. So that shows me that she's been paying attention. So all of these things collectively have, have brought um, me into this journey and not being able to see people who look like me often in yoga. We can still Google yoga and um, a white woman, mm -hmm. more than likely blonde, skinny, is mm -hmm. going to show up. And so Thick Girl Yoga was born out of the idea of creating um, a sustainable community of women who are body positive, who are working through whatever inner things that they are to just love on themselves as mind, body, soul, and um, spirit, you know, love on themselves while they're going through this journey, understanding that it, you're not at your final destination, like you're still journeying through and becoming and pulling back layers and um, all that good. I probably went off on a tangent. This is, this is my oh. thing. <laughs> that's, that's, you sound very passionate and everything that you said was beautiful. And we appreciate you telling us about your journey and, um, and your daughter, amazing. Oh my goodness. Like this little beautiful daughter. Okay. Um, but as you kind of talked, I know you kind of talked about your beginning mm -hmm. um, like how you found yoga for yourself and what it meant, but do you have advice for beginner yogis? I guess that's what it's called. Yes, I do. I do. Um, I would say research your teacher. Find out who's teaching the class. Um, do some do some research about the studio if it's a studio that you're going into. And right now, um, considering COVID, most teachers are are via Zoom. And you know there are some teachers still out there and doing yoga in the park, yoga at the beach. Um, so do some research about the studio, the teacher that you choose, and look at the language that they use. Look and see if they're using the word body positivity. Look and see if they're using the words body image or they're offering modifications or variations of a pose or asana. Um, and that's just so that you can, you yourself will be at ease while they're teaching and don't feel pressured to, to fit in a pose the way someone else does. And even the way the teacher does at times. Um, when I teach, I like to share different variations of the pose, poses and asanas so that you all know you can, I'm going to meet you where you are. Because at this point, again, I'm not able to see you um, mm -hmm. all the time. So you have to trust yourself and you have to know your body. And mm -hmm. so um, I would say, of course, as I said, research your teacher, the studio, begin to connect with yourself and your, um, your breath. Start with some breathing exercises. Start with um, taking five minutes, five to seven minutes in the morning to meditate and just do some deep breathing and do the same thing at night. And that will most, most definitely prepare you for the endings and the beginnings of your class. And um, go easy on yourself. Don't <laughs> that whole Rome was <laughs> built in a day thing like just breathe I would say continue to breathe that's the that's the um the major major tip is continue to inhale and exhale through that nose no matter how you move once you get into the class that was like three or four <laughs> things though <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, them is all great things in my yeah. head I'm like yep yep I'm gonna be doing them 
Yep. Uh, <laughs> awesome. um, Kristen, I was gonna ask you if you had any um like any follow along meditations for people to like look up. I have one um, that I've put recently on a Dropbox and I'll make that available. It was beginning of COVID and I just, I got in the parking lot and I was like, you know what? I think people need this. So I'm going to, <laughs> look, I'm going to do this. And so I have to put it, I have to probably put that link somewhere and I'll make it available, but it's a chakra meditation. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I got deep into um, after uh, my comedic Reiki certification is chakras and understanding that the body is connected to chakras as well um, and colors, herbs, and right. foods, all of these and vibrations as well. Mm-hmm. So to connect with the body, the breath, and we do that in that meditation. So I'll send it over so you can share it with everyone. Thank you. Of course. Um, Can you share with us your thoughts on the visibility of Black women in yoga? (sighs) A breath, a breath, yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's because that's what what I do. Um, So there's there's not a lot of visibility of Black women in yoga. There's still not. And yoga is I want to say a billion dollar industry don't quote me but it's it's up there in a sense that we have yoga tights that are upwards to like two hundred dollars or a hundred and fifty dollars for yoga pants Mm -hmm. so um I think it's it's starting to to get there a little bit in a sense of allyship is allyship like Mm -hmm. allies coming forward um there's there's a share the mic thing going on where black women are taking over white women's Instagrams and bringing forth information, which I think is definitely, um, you know, it's, it's, produ- it's productive in a sense of having some type of progression and um, allowing black women's voices to be heard and allowing, allowing other black women to hear it and other, other women of, of, of other, um, of other cultures as well there's still a lot of work to do mm-hmm. at the same time and I, I want to say within within our community there's a lot of work to do um, with black women and black men coming together um, I'm wanting to see more black men in yoga because black men have a lot of healing to do as well um, as well as black women and so understanding that I am here, I'm present and I'm, I'm taking up space and I'm, um, I'm showing up and understanding that there are people who, who have done it before me as well, like a Diane, they, we have Diane Bondi, um, we have uh, Kelly Simpson, there's, there's elders there, you just have to search for them. And that's the unfortunate thing is that they're not put in our face. Mm-hmm. So as, um, as I want to say a, a yogi is birthed every like five minutes to a certain extent, there's a lot of certifications going out right now because a lot of people are doing things online. Um, there's more of us popping up and I love that. I love it. I love to see um, black women moving together, healing, understanding that there is some systematic racism that still is, is definitely in yoga. Um, it's in our community and that we have to come together and be, be vocal about it because um, I'm in the namaste yoga uh, 
all love. I'm, I'm definitely into that. Yet at the same time, um, you have to be vocal on the things that make you uncomfortable too. And um, there's a few people that I've met that have said that they don't see color. Mm. It's no longer acceptable. I mean, it wasn't then. <laughs> but more openly, it's no, it's no longer acceptable because there is a difference. There is a difference in how we're treated when we go into studios. I've walked into a studio before and they thought I was a student. <laughs> I said, no, I'm here to teach. <laughs> Everybody can lay out their mat, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and um, I, I, I may get that too because I am a bigger Black woman. You know, I'm a black woman, but I have a bigger body and I'm five, nine, over 200 pounds. And sometimes there's, there's difference. It's like, oh no, she can't do that. She's, she's not here for that. And so I deal with that still being, you know, being that I have, you know, a few years in and all of that goodness, but I, I encourage, I have some students who as well, um, who have turned into teachers which I'm very, I'm super proud of, um, because once you get, once you get a part of the healing, that inner healing that happens from the self-awareness, from the self-reflection, um, there's some part of you that wants to share it. Like you want to share the goodness of, Hey, like you don't have to live the same journey that someone else in your family did, or that you've seen somewhere else. You can switch shit up. You can, you can do that through um, taking the time to, to get to know yourself and um, seeing other Black women who look like me encourage me to, to pre be present so that um, I can show up in a space where my little one is, is encouraged to be herself and show up and not feel like she's in a box. Mm -hmm. That makes me think about when um, Danica asks advice do you have for like beginner yogis? And the places that you mentioned that you started are places I started at too. So like, again, like I went to West LA for a little bit and I didn't want to take a PE class. So I took a yoga class there and I loved it. And I was having all these experiences where I love yoga. Like I went to the tree. I loved it. I went to Crenshaw Yoga and Dance and I loved it. And my friends were trying out yoga at these other different places. And they were like, yeah, it's kind of weird when I walk in there because everybody's like looking at me funny and it's uncomfortable. So if mm -hmm. I would give advice to people beginning out in yoga, it would be to try different places. Because mm -hmm. I did go to some of the other places my friends are going to, and I was like, yeah, this is kind of funky. Let's go over here. Let's go somewhere else. So try out different places, because you might go to one place and you don't really feel it, and then you keep going to different places, and you find somewhere where you can call home, too. Right, right. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's, that's really big, because that first experience, it can... It can kind of shape you know where you're going and I know people who are like I didn't try this again for a year because the person said you know if you can't get into this shape then you know you're not supposed to be in this class and I'm just like oh so um naturally I'm nurturing I think that's another way that I connect I've been able to connect with people um and we want you to come back we want you to practice we want you to practice at home when we're not around um as a teacher as a as a guide better yet um so yeah and you went to Crenshaw Yoga and Dance you were super local <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Inglewood I was going everywhere I love that I love that yeah I just want to add really quick because I, um, like myself, most definitely a thick girl, when I first went to yoga, it was at a YMDA, and um, when I first went, 
it was every single person was white and uh but it was one black woman and she was thick and she because i would go every week and she came and that was my motivator like and she like her body like because i think immediately like you do you think like a bigger woman can't move a certain way like no no. This woman, like she was like watching I would watch her and be like you know I just felt more <laughs> motivated so like to have that type of representation it most definitely does help especially as like a, a black woman who has body like you're saying I think that you um you just feel like okay I can do it I can you know what I'm saying because sometimes we may feel like our body can't move a certain way or we can't stretch a certain way and sometimes we may not at the beginning, but if we keep on trying, then, you know, we, we can get there too. Oh yeah. Consistency is key. Most definitely. And breathing into those parts of your body, your body remembers just as much as our skin remembers. And so if you, if you're moving it in this way and you're, you're breathing, it's going to um, loosen up and go with the flow. So it's definitely about consistency as well. Yeah. So the next question I wanted to ask you was, how have you found yoga has contributed to your life? So I want to touch on both like the physical aspect, the mental aspect, and also like the spiritual aspect. So for the physical aspect, I definitely got to know my body better. Okay. Uh, there's one side of my nostrils is, is stronger than the other. I learned that through my breathing exercises. Um, I can tell when my hips are tight after sitting for too long. Um, it's helped me to to have I feel like better lung capacity once I'm walking up that hill those those that Baldwin Hill scenic overview <laughs> lungs <laughs> lungs are open you know and I, I believe that's from the breathing exercises that I do um and really just being able to sit and sit with my stuff mm-hmm. and sit with in the quiet and not there's a lot that's going on, right? Super chaotic, especially outside of us. But to be able to sit with myself and be in the dark, not have anything on, and just listen to my breath has been so powerful. And it's so, and that's, I want to say that's spiritual as well, but mm-hmm. in a sense of just physically not being able to be still. Because I like chaos sometimes. <laughs> I like to move, I like to plan, mm-hmm. I like to go. And so understanding that there's a time for that, there's definitely a time for that, but there's also a time to to sit and be still. And so, um, were you going to say something? I was going to ask you a question, but I can wait. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, Emotionally, let's pop off. I won't say no pop off, but let's pop off. And then the, the self, the self check, um, not wearing my heart on my sleeve. I'm a Pisces, very sensitive. I can be sensitive. I'm also an empath as well. And so being able to identify what's my stuff and what's not my stuff. Um, understanding that there are clients who have different issues that come up and being of service and holding space for them sometimes that energy i'm a i'm a doula as well full spectrum doula and so sometimes those that energy is gone it's gonna weigh on me so after that those are the times usually where i probably take some time to be still and be with myself um physically emotionally and you said spiritually yeah you touched on all of them 
Okay. Yeah. And I I mean, in a sense too, I'm more spiritually than anything. I I believe it's helped me to build my relationship with God, to get out of my head and, Mm -hmm. and just be still that be still and understand that I'm receiving messages and I'm a messenger, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so being able to sit and, um, and talk, I have conversations with God. Um, more than likely, the divine responds through something happening. And, um, you know, being mindful helps me to see that, which is, oh, okay, well, this is what, this is what I was asking for, to see this person for who they are. And guess what? Divine energy was like, here you go. You may not like it, but this is what it is. And so I'm um, being able to breathe through all of that mm. has, uh, and yoga has helped with all of that and I hear you what I was gonna <laughs> ask was have you found that because for me I got more involved in yoga after like a breakup and mm-hmm. that's where my journey with yoga was and I was gonna ask you was there anything that you come across in life where you've been like whoo yoga was like it was helping me push through it is there something that comes up for you yeah so most of the time, most of the time I tell people, like most of the time, if, if, if someone like a lot of uh, psychology majors more than likely have had some type of counseling or therapy um, before, or they needed it, or they wanted it for their family to, to be able to provide that service. For me, yoga was the, a part of that journey as well. Um, I didn't connect with myself. I didn't really know my body. I didn't know my power. I didn't know my inner power. Like I'm big, so okay, you assume I'm strong and I am strong, but it's a different kind of strength. And um, a lot of, I didn't know I was an empath until after my daughter. And so I picked up a lot of people's stuff and I was hurting and it wasn't mine. And I was crying through it. I was, I was feeling it because the other people probably didn't even feel it. I probably came up to them and gave them a hug and it, that energy attached to me and I just rode with it. Um, and so being able to understand that everything that I feel isn't mine and what I do feel I can work through um, has been major. And it honestly, it has been a lot of childhood trauma. Um, it's been a lot of trauma that that wasn't mine. Being a doula, I learned that my mother's my while in my mother's womb. Well, we're gonna go back. While my mother was in her mother's womb, the eggs, me, was in my grandmother. Like that, we they they carry, yeah, they carry they carry the eggs of yeah of the um of the seed that they have produced Mm -hmm. so knowing that knowing a little bit of my of my history and the lineage and the things that the women in my family went through my grandmother had my mom at 17 Mm -hmm. my grandfather was in the navy she raised my mom for the most part herself with her mother um and so there was some trauma there that i had held on to or better yet, I was birthed into. And if you don't know, I would say, um, if you are feeling, you know, certain types of ways, you got to talk to the griots. You got to talk to the elders and see and hear those stories and understand that, oh, wait, you went through that and you were crying the whole time during your pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And then the baby is brought earthside. And then 
people are saying, oh, well, the baby cries a lot. Why is the baby crying a lot? The baby is crying a lot because she or he has felt the energy in the womb space. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I went a little deep. No, that's, that's all good. <laughs> we have a question about that too, so since we're already talking about it. What are your thoughts on utilizing yoga to work through trauma such as sexual abuse, systematic trauma, and interger- intergenerational trauma as you were kind of talking about? With just one woman or one person who, you know, wants to heal themselves or wants to to put that energy into themselves so that they can heal and um and enjoy. We we supposed our divine birthright is joy. Like we're supposed to enjoy some of this. Granted, there's lessons, but it's about perspective and being able to um to understand that you know you're here you're here for a purpose and that um you know as i said got work to do and that um it's worth it all of it even though because healing is like what we've been there's been trendy self-care self-care self-love has been trendy Mm -hmm. um even using the term trauma-informed has kind of been trendy lately for real And, and so making sure you have a support system is major. I'm, I'm a fan of therapy, most definitely. If that's something that you feel that you can align with and that's for you, that's, that's it. You know, um, there's support groups out now that are um, meeting via Zoom and holding each other accountable, which I think is solid as well. Um, but I would say connect with people who, who understand you so that you are not fighting to be understood again Mm. um take the time to educate yourself about what what systemic racism is and what prejudice is and all of these different terms that are being used like make sure you really know what it is as well um and so i think that yoga is really big in social justice right now as far as representation and there are certain people who are advocating um there's yoga therapy as well i want to put that out there um but there are certain people who are advocating and pushing forward that if you're not if you're not in the area of social justice that you're not in yoga um yoga has eight limbs the namas and the yamas and um of those of those um I want to say guides, being able to accept people for who they are and not judging them is a part of it. And so if you're not, if you're not living that, if that's not your yoga, then you're not doing yoga because yoga is done off the mat as well. Yoga is you showing up for your community. Yoga is you making sure that people in your community are fed and are learning things that can create sustainability um and so with meditation and yoga that's one of the ways that i serve but i also serve in a sense of sharing herbalism and um understanding that there's certain things that we put into our body that Mm -hmm. are going to keep us going and fuel and that we need for sure yeah Uh, so um i know that we i had asked a question i know you you um you talked about it. i just want to make sure that 
you got to speak on uh, the question of what are your thoughts on utilizing yoga to work through trauma, such as sexual abuse, systematic trauma, and intergenerational trauma? I would say um, you can use it. I've had I've had clients um, to breathe until tears started to roll down their eyes. And so one of the things that happens is that you're allowed to meet yourself through your meditation practice. And sometimes it's, it's, it's sitting, sometimes it's laying down, it may come after your flow, um, but just understand that there are certain parts of you that are being pulled back through your yoga practice and moving, our body holds on to, to emotions, our body holds on to these feelings just as well as our skin has a memory. So understanding that as you move your body, you shift the things that the experiences that you've held on to. And so whether it be, um, you know, some type of trauma, whether it be racism, that you are literally releasing these things as you, you move your body. Almost like a, there is, there are people having dance parties right now. Um, you can dance and you can, of course, just release. And so that's one of the things that I think is major with yoga is, again, you're allowed to meet yourself on the mat where you are mm. and breathe and take, and take in that breath and um, reclaim your power, your inner power, and release what it is that's, that's literally holding you hostage. And more than likely it's past, it's past experiences, or it can be even, you know, looking too much into the future so much that it's creating anxiety mm. and fear. For sure. Christina, do you have any takeaway, um, takeaways for our listeners? <clears throat> yes, I do. Please breathe, <laughs> breathe deep as much as you can. Um, remember uh, to, to be thankful as you take that breath. And I'm a believer in writing things down. So if you're able to journal, and there's so many ways that you can journal nowadays. You, it can be, you know, a, a vlog, making a video um, of, how, of how the day went. And I usually start off with three things that I'm grateful for. So if you have um, a week of time to focus, and I would say start with seven days, start with five days, and writing down one to three things that you're grateful for, and remembering to take those deep breaths when things get rough or when you're challenged. And um, I come back, my personal, my personal go-to is I am loved, I am protected, and I'm whole. Mm. And so creating your own man mantra for yourself is, is something that you can do as well. Um, a mantra or affirmations and um, saying those in the mirror, in the mirror, looking at yourself in the eyes, because that's who matters the most is you. And um, or writing them down is, is big in a way to just start or, you know, mid journey. And I would say, be easy on yourself again. Um, understanding that every day it may not get done, but if it gets done three days out of, out of those five, then you have some days to go back to when things are going so well. And it's like, wait, I'm grateful for all of this. I have all of this, all of this is, is, is me right here. So um, there's some good things that are happening, even though this moment doesn't feel like it, mm -hmm. but you know, we graduate from that. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
That was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Sunny, do you have anything to ask or add? Um, no, I'm just, I'm grateful to be able to talk to Christina today. I really feel like I needed this. And I'm hoping that anybody who listens gets as much as I'm getting from this. Um, yeah, Christina, thank you so much. Of course. Of course. There was one question, though. I don't know if we covered it, but it was dealing with weight loss and yoga. Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't like that question. I didn't like the way it was worded. So I was like, if we're going to ask that, reword it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I just, I do want to share because that's, that's a big industry as well. Um, yoga, because I'm inquisitive, I'm a, I'm a fact, a fact dork. So I like facts. Um, yoga can burn more calories than running. Wow. Yeah. I never knew that. So, you, I, I, I'm working on some YouTube stuff now, and yesterday, I think I was at probably like an hour and a half, I literally had to wipe my face maybe three or four times, because I sweat easily, and I was moving, and so um, it felt good to, to do that, but that's where you can go, or you can go to a slow restorative that's getting you ready for bed, you know what I mean? So, um, I think when we sit, when we mention weight loss, we have to mention everything that's connected to it. And so it's also food, you know, what are you eating and what are your sleeping habits and what are you, you know, what are you putting into your body? Um, but also more or less, what is your relationship with food? And mm -hmm. what I, one of the things I I'm working to incorporate into sharing with my little one is food is fuel. And I didn't learn that until like way later, you know, it's fuel. It's to help us to continue to do what we have to do on this journey. And so granted, we receive some pleasure from it. <laughs> it may taste good. It may look good. But all in all, it's to help us to continue to move forward. So I want to say yes, that it can. It can be a great tool to assist you in stretching maybe before and after some some cardio or something like that it can be your cardio as well um holding these poses and breathing and moving is is definitely powerful yet if you go and you have you know something that's not as healthy after then it there's no harmony you know in that and so I did want to bring it up because it's something that it's something that a lot of people look to and a lot of people look to um to change their outer appearance yet it starts on the inside and sometimes I was gonna ask about that like is it possible to like do yoga for the purpose of just losing weight without tapping into like the spiritual part the inner part like is that even possible I don't know <laughs> I'm gonna be honest I, I I don't and I um I say that wholeheartedly because for me nah it went it went hand in hand and when I did lose a lot of weight I was running both figuratively and literally mm -hmm. from things that I had to take care of or that I need I was avoiding through running and it was funny because I said oh I like running um Oh, wait a minute. Sorry, people want to call. Um, I, I like running and um, I got an hourglass. Nice. 
I still wasn't good on the inside. And so being able to get on that mat and then work through all of this writing work that I needed to do through my yoga training and actually seeing myself for who I was, I was like, oh, okay. You can be a bit more compassionate. You can step up a bit more for your community. And those were the things that brought me to this place where I'm going to love my body you know, where, no matter where it is. Yeah. I'm a love on all of it, all the time. And it fluctuates with the seasons, with the days, with the hormones. And um, it's just a matter of just learning to, to fall in love with yourself where you are. And that's mm -hmm. what the Girl Yoga is about. Nice. Okay, Christina. Well, thank you for your time. Thank you all for having me. My pleasure. Likewise. Okay, so this episode was so great and so impactful. I am going to utilize a lot of stuff that Christina said. As uh, we were talking, one of the books I were thinking about that I have is a book of poems called Yesterday I Was the Moon by Nora um, Unahar. I'm hoping I'm saying it right. And I think that poems, too, kind of feel like meditation sometimes, I guess you could say. Um, and so I don't know why it stood out to me, but this book did. And sometimes I'll just flip and read one of the poems. Um, and it just makes me feel kind of um, like in tune with myself more. So that's the book that I'm sharing. Mari, you got anything you want to share? Uh, I also have a book I can share. Um, Alex L. Well, any of her books. Um, something I had my film scholar girls do was they pick a poem from Alex L's book. She has a few of them. Let me see. The first one, I think it's Note to Self. So I had them read the poems in the mirror, and oh my god, life changing. It was amazing. Oh my goodness, you make um, them cry. <laughs> yeah, I make them cry. It was beautiful. But I wanted to share. Um, it's not necessarily a business, but everybody's getting into plants lately and my best friend she tagged me on this page and I was like what the fuck is this it's the underground plant trade and I was like this is like some illegal stuff so mm -hmm. I started reading and basically what it is is where white people give black people plants and at first I was like I feel like I'm gonna get kidnapped but no this girl gave me some plants she gave me three plants and she gave me some vegetables and she also was like if you need any more plants just let me know sounds weird as fuck but Wait, what? I gladly accepted it. <laughs> so they give you free plants and free vegetables? Yeah. So how it works is you go on the underground plant. Okay, so the Instagram is undergroundplant.trade. And it has a breakdown of different states. So you find your state and you comment your city. And a white person will reach out to you and say, hey, I see you said you live in San Diego. Are you still wanting to trade plants? Yes, I still want to trade plants, but I want to do it with no contact. So what I did was I was like, you can sit it on top of my car and I'll come out and get it when you go. Lo and behold, she set it on top of my car and I went out and got it when she was gone. And it was very legit. Um, yeah. And my best friend got five plants. So yeah, it's a real thing. And on the page, the guy, he gives little like tidbits on plants. So listen to this, y'all. I'm free Della LaVille, and I'm here to show you which common house plants to help kill your nigga. This right here is a puffer's enjoy. It got its name because you're going to enjoy watching your man's guts get evicted when you feed him this shit. 
So it's just funny little videos like that where I just be like rolling. That was a little explicit, but he has some funny videos on there. And he teaches you how to take care of plants in a funny way. Because I don't know what the fuck I'll be doing. <laughs> you know how to take care of plants? Girl, no. I really know how to take care of myself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, my shit's dying. But at the same time, that is really a thing. I've heard a lot of people talking about buying plants right now. I just want to take care of things. Like, I know I have a friend who uh, got a dog. Even though she already had a cat. But she got a dog. You know, I feel like it's just, you know, it's the time you get home or you want to take care of something. But that's why it's been a shortage of dogs. What'd you say? There's been a shortage of dogs at the, uh, what's that shit called? You get a dog. The shelter. It's been a shortage of them because everybody wants to get one now. So there's like none there. Yeah, I'm good. I'm just trying to take care of me. I can't even, not even a plant right now. I ain't even going to get a plant. That's how it really is. (laughs) So what does it mean to take care of you? What does that even mean? Not a succulent. Oh, but so what'd you say? Uh, you tried to avoid the question. <laughs> I yeah. said, What does it mean to take care of you? You said something, something succulent, anyway. Anyways, uh, taking care of me means to focus on myself, practice some of this stuff that Christina was talking about, um, and focus on just things that make me feel good and make me feel that I'm working through my shit because that's what I need to do. Um, that's pretty much it. And I'd just rather do that by myself right now. Okay. Well, I want to shout out y'all for blowing up our freaking Instagram. Our last post got 451 likes. And it was shared with 223 people and 66 people saved it. And we have gained 163 followers within one week. So shout out to y'all. That was Come on, people. <laughs> but that is it for this week's episode on Black Women's Healing Pod. Uh, look forward to our episode next week where we'll go into a conversation about doulas. I know Christina mentioned it a little bit, but we have someone that, who specifically is just a doula. That's all she does. We're going to have a conversation with her so we can learn a little bit more about that. And we'll talk to y'all later.